Welcome back to Arab American Psycho. My name is Noor, and this week's guest is our first guest of the year 2023. She's a DJ and host of the podcast, Unhinged. Welcome back to the show, Amrit. What an honor to be your first guest. Wow. Yeah, you're the first. You're, you're, you're starting off 2023 with me. Well, I'm a fan because I actually texted you a couple of days ago and I was like, why aren't there new episodes of this show? <laughs> it's true. It's true. And then I sent you like a panicked, like, just like, I want to, I want to rebrand it. That's the thing. Like, okay. So you, you've had your show for like, like you started off on IGTV mm-hmm. and then now you're like, you know, full blown, have your own show podcast. Mm-hmm. Do you not feel like having a podcast is way more work than anyone fucking tells you? I feel like it's more work than people think. But because my show was live and then I did two seasons with Network, which was in studio, that was a lot of work because like yeah. I actually had to like work with a team, like a full team there. And then live is really tricky because like you're at the mercy of other people and people suck. That's <laughs> no, a fact. That's a fact. Don't suck. But like, you know, it's like, Everyone will like be late or like bail or like last minute reschedule. And it's tricky when you're trying to build a cadence of a show, which is happening weekly on a live. So this is so much better because if like, let's say like I can't get my shit together and get a guest on time or for whatever reason, someone's schedule shifts, I can do a solo. Mm -hmm. And I've learned, which you have too, is that guests, actually respond well to solos so I guess you guys really just love to hear me rambling for 50 minutes about um I mean I love listening to your solo episodes but like it's (laughs) I'll never not be just like so confused as to why anyone would want to listen to me talk for an hour straight just like I sound insane. Have you ever listened back to your own like solo episodes? No, I can't listen back to the solos, but I listen back to the ones with the guests. They're so like, listen to it. Like once a few months have passed, listen to it. And you're just like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Why would I say that? Me the whole time listening back, I'm like, why would I say that? Why the fuck would I say that? No one made me say that. I could edit that out. And yet I kept it in. And for why? For why? For For whom? For whom? It's uh, it's funny too because you pick up on all the little things that bother you, like the ums and the likes, and the you realize how many filler words you use. You realize how repetitive your vocab. Like the one thing that actually oh yeah. I really tried to work on is expanding my vocabulary because I feel as though I use the same five words to describe everything. Um, my last and my last. What are your five like words? A, I'll have a go-to response. Well, okay, so obviously I'm a huge Paris Hilton fan. She's like my dream guest. She does follow me on TikTok, so it's not that far off. Listen, but, um, 2023. That's a year. Yeah, don't ask, don't get. But um, I would just say sliving or sliver or slay, or like to every single like we can't use really slay anymore, but because it's so old. But yeah, yeah, I'd just be like, I'm just sliving it up or sliver or slip, just some abbreviation of the sliver situation. And then I I realized I was just using it in, and you know, the majority of the people probably had no idea what I was saying. I'm just using it at the coffee shop, like sliving it up. And they're like, this psychopath. They're like, why the fuck is this girl saying sliving? Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely feel like there are like five words that I use to describe so many, and probably more than, I don't know, like I have like, 
there are words that I love to use. Yeah, what are and yours? I don't wanna I don't wanna expose myself because I feel like once I say it, well, people that's are gonna think no one knows. No one knows except Ugh. you. So if you wanna put it out there, then you know. I love the word arbitrary. I'm gonna leave it at that. I oh, love to use the word, word arbitrary for, in because a lot of things are arbitrary, but like the amount of times I use the word arbitrary is abnormal. Like there's no I need to find a synonym for arbitrary. Like See, a better- I have a similar word like that and it's conducive. So I'm always, to make my point and sound somewhat semi-intelligent, I'll say that's just not conducive to what I'm doing or what I'm working on. Conducive or what I is feel a good like. word. Right? Because it makes it feel, it's, it's an elaborate way of saying I don't want to do that by like putting it on the fact that it's Whatever not conducive. That is, it's just not conducive to my lifestyle. I think I like to say it's not productive. Oh, productive. That's a word I I use a lot. Like it's just not productive. There's nothing productive about it. It's pointless because it's not productive. Like I'm just addicted to productivity. So if productive is your get out of jail card, conducive is mine. Yeah. We're just too um conducive and productive women. Girl bosses. Um, we're yeah, we're girl bosses. We're let's bring back girl bossing. Let's not. But I was like looking back to see when the last time you came on the show was and it was in December 2020. Wow. Oh, so, so much that has was changed. so much has changed. So I was like she's a wifey now. Fuck. Okay, so I I mean, I've obviously heard the story before, mm-hmm. but like I feel like I want my audience to hear the story of how you met your now (laughs) husband yeah for sure it's funny too because it happened so fast so people that I haven't seen in a year are like you're married and you're pregnant now and you live in LA what happened you know oh yeah just everything changed well so we have to rewind a little bit and okay. unfortunately yeah. we have to touch on the pandemic, which I hate talking about now because we're so far out from it, but no. it matters in this context. It is conducive to my story. It is. Um, <laughs> so I went through a breakup at the beginning of the pandemic and you know that meme um, of Rihanna with she's like, what stage are you referring to when her and Cassie are beefing about the concerts? Like... Maybe that's very hypernation specific. I do not know that. I thought I was going to have my Rihanna era of like, you know, bad girl, good girl gone bad. And and I'm like, okay, this is it. New year, new me. I'm single. Like I'd gotten out of a like three or four year relationship. Boom, the pandemic hits. I'm like, great, great timing. Um, I'm locked up in this apartment in New York. Uh, It's like a true one bedroom. It's like one of those one bedrooms where everything is rolled into one kitchen, living, dining is one room. And then the bedroom just is a bed. So I'm losing my mind in there. I've never spent this much time in my apartment before because I'm always traveling with work, DJing gigs and stuff like that. So I start getting really claustrophobic and, you know, I'm from Australia originally. So I really appreciate like outdoors, hiking, good weather, beaches, just things you don't have in New York, which I love, by the way, like I love city life. But when you can't do anything else, like city life had ceased to exist. So the only other option was that. And I thought, okay, this is like a great opportunity for life change. There's never a good time to move. I'm never not working. Why don't I try LA out? And I didn't really even, I wasn't even committing to it as like a major move at the time. I just 
want, I knew I needed a change and I was unhappy with what was going on in my life. And I'm also really big in manifesting. So big on manifesting. So I was like, I want to change. I deserve change. I deserve all these things, X, Y, Z, like a big house, like a partner who loves me, babies, this, that, good weather. And then I looked at my surroundings and I was in this concrete 500 square foot <laughs> jail, basically. No, I was, and no one was keeping me there. I was keeping myself there. And I am lucky that I get to go to New York really often for work on my almost every month um it's true so it I'm pleased like, with it <laughs> yep no we have the we have monthly dinners so you yeah know. um so it wasn't like I was fully giving it up um and I thought okay if I if I keep wanting this change but I'm I'm blocking my own blessings you know that's the number one issue here so I mm-hmm. upped and moved really quickly I didn't even think of it as a move I just packed up my stuff and was like I'll go there for three months and this is also the time that even pe- like New Yorkers who you know had been in like downtown or New York for ages were going to go stay with their parents uptown or in Connecticut or the Mm -hmm. Hamptons or like everyone was leaving and I couldn't go Australia had of course closed the borders yeah um so I went to LA and I just started to really really work on myself which sounds so cheesy because it sounds like such a Californian thing to say but I realized I had I was so far away from the person I wanted to be um, I stopped taking care of my body. I stopped taking care of my mind. Like there were all these things that were really important to me, like, you know, giving back and like creating positive change, doing volunteer work, helping people in need that I just, I like didn't prioritize because I was in like a very New York busy mindset of like, go, 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 hustle, 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 which you understand because yes. it's such an expensive place to live that, the luxury of being there means you have to work 24-7. Mm-hmm. And so in LA, I, I joined a nonprofit organization. I started volunteering twice a week um, with unha- the unhoused community. Like it sounds, you know, like so shishi, but it changed me as a person. Like I started meditating, started going to yoga. I started, um, you know, cooking more because I had a real kitchen where having um, a real kitchen really is conducive to cooking. It is very conducive. To- <laughs> it's very conducive to cooking. I like being in there. I like, yes. you know, using it because if I make something like, you know, if I cook something, my whole, my couch is not going to smell like it for a week because it's yeah. right next to the stove, which is my kitchen. Yeah. So, and as soon as I started doing that, it just, all these new opportunities started opening up to me. And I also took a break from, I, I stopped drinking. I, I got like sober for a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, I just took a break. I took a hiatus. Um, I, w- I don't like to use like sober hardcore. I was like sober curious. So mm-hmm. I just stopped everything, dating, having sex, like just everything. And, and you were straight edge. I you, was straight edge. You I, went I, to LA and you were like, I'm going to be straight edge But now. let me tell you something about volunteering too. It's, it's really, service work is really popular. One, in my culture, culture because I'm Sikh and we do seba. And so like service work, like if you go to the Indian temple, Punjabi temple, um, you can walk in and get a meal anytime. It's like a really big part of my culture, but it's also a really big part of the sober community because a large part of um, the recovery work is doing service work. So it was kind of easy because I was surrounded also by really like-minded people mm-hmm. who just weren't partying. 
And yeah. also, you know, it was COVID, so nothing was open, nothing was happening. Like, yeah, there were little things here and there, but not, re- not you know, it was easier. Um, I mean, yeah, it's like your environment and the people around you and, like, you know, the space that you're, like, living in, like, all of those things – definitely impact just like your state of mind and like your functioning, like just everything about your being will change dependent on like where you are, who you're around, like Mm -hmm. all of those things really affect you so deeply. For sure. And that's, I needed to physically remove myself from Mm -hmm. my entire world and start afresh. And so I finally, after I think it's like maybe like 18 months even or yeah 18 months of being there I was like okay I'm ready to start like obviously it was like I'd go on a date here and there and you'd have a glass of wine here and there whatever I wasn't like straight on yeah um like not doing anything but I just wasn't really like like in the same way I would crave those um validations or addictions I just I just didn't have that in me anymore and why do you think that like those feelings were no longer there I was doing so much self-work that I just stopped looking for, like, external validation, which I've never done before in my entire life. Like, I'm turning 35 in a month, and I think it was the first time that I ever stopped. So I would have been, like, 32 or 33 at the time. Ever stopped and was, like, what am I I doing? Like, I'm in my mid-30s, and, like, I'm acting like I'm 22. And I... And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. It no, just but really like everyone, want, yeah, everyone you know? is so different. And it's like, yeah, if you stop and you're, you're questioning like, why am I like doing, why am I spending my time doing these things that are not conducive? <laughs> to my journey. <laughs> to well, my journey, yeah. Yeah, it's like nothing. I, it was like I was looking at the this big picture of what I wanted saying these are the things I want and then I was doing uh, like a list of other things that didn't get me to that place so it was I was blocking my own blessings essentially and so I finally started dating again of course I got I go on the apps because I'm just also not like I, I wasn't really into the guys the dating scene in California it just wasn't for me like I prefer New York guys um they're a little rough around the edges they're a little bit I don't know. Here it's very like my dad, I own like a weed company and I come from money and you know, like not to stereotype, yeah, maybe yeah. that was just a circle that I was infiltrated yeah. in. And I was looking around and I knew that I wasn't gonna meet my person here. And I also wanted someone who um valued New York and New York was important to them and we would go back and forth whatever yeah. the situation was. So I got back on the dating apps and I used them all. Like I used Hinge, I used Raya. Um, I think I might have even tried Bumble and then I don't really like the onus being on me. So yeah. I got off yeah. pretty quick. Um, Hinge, Hinge like dated a couple of people on Hinge. Um, like dated a friend of a friend. Dated, just tried like opening my horizons to new things. And and new types. So I stopped kind of real, but nothing really, nothing eventuated or was that serious. I was having very lighthearted, casual fun. Yeah. And then I meet, oh, I match with this man who on Raya, who I have all these mutual friends with. I knew who he was. He's not um, my type per se, because 
he was just very different to mm-hmm. the type of people that I had typically been drawn to, but he's better in every way. Oh. He's actually better than my type. My type was, I, you know, I always think, I say like John is like better than what I could have even imagined, which is probably why Why do we I met feel like at, crying right now? <laughs> which is why we met at a time. I, I feel like I was ready to meet him because the irony was we lived in the had lived in the same neighborhood in downtown New York for what? over a decade. Like we went to the same dog park, we went to the same coffee stores. Wait, we had what? mutual friends. We had both expressed to mutual friends we thought the other person was cute, but nothing ever eventuated because we were in other relationships. It was really crazy. We met when we were supposed to. Yeah. And so we we connected and we started talking. And the second we started talking, I knew that this story is so long. I'm so sorry. No, I love this. <laughs> I really like this is one of my favorite like couple stories. So that's why I was like, no, no, you need okay, to tell good. everyone. All right, good. So we're rabbiting on. And I knew that that things were different and I basically stopped talking to every other person or entertaining every other conversation in my life. They weren't real conversations. They were just, you know, like side things. But I knew that this was different and I was like, okay, like if I really want to see something through, I'm going to commit to it and see where it goes. And if it doesn't work out, then, you know, all the other things will still be waiting for me, which was kind of wild at the time because I hadn't had an interaction with him in person and we lived in different cities. So, I don't know what it was that made me be like, I'm just going to give this one a try. Yeah. But just it was something about our connection. Um, and we started speaking pretty frequently, like texting. We had a few phone calls. I had um, plans to be in town in a few weeks. and Was this for Fashion Week? For Fashion Week, September okay. 21. Yeah. And so I get in on Monday, September 6th. I remember the day perfectly. Aww. And I text him, we had planned to like meet up on the following night because like I got in that night, you know, and I thought like, oh, like maybe I'll just text him and say like, hey, I'm in town. And he, he also now says that he knew we were going to meet on Monday, but like, no, it was like an unspoken thing, you know? And so I text him, I'm like, hey, I'm staying at the public. Um, I'm going to walk my dog, Soy, I'm going to walk Soy to Tompkins Square Park, which is, was, was our dog park when we lived there and right by his house his apartment if you want to come because casual because I think that you know like you don't really really need though yeah yeah, you don't really need like I'm not a like pick me up in a car data like obviously that's nice but I think that there's no pressure yeah Yeah. there's no pressure and so I was like I'm going to go do this thing if you want to come join me like I'm right by you so he's like, of course, like I'll be there. So we're like walking down like um, Second Avenue, like he's walking downtown and I'm walking uptown and we like kind of like see each other on the street. And like, oh I God. just kind of, it's so crazy. I knew that this was something really special. I don't think I realized how big at the time. And no, I can vouch. Boy. I can vouch for this only because yeah. <laughs> we went to that diner like a, I think it was like a few days after you guys like had mm-hmm. met or whatever. And like I just remember you were smiling from like fucking ear to ear. You were like glowing. You were just like, he's just like you were just I don't even remember what you said specifically, but I was just mm-hmm. like, oh no, Amrit really likes this guy. Like, and I'm there's never something like that. happening here. No, you were like giddy. No, it was wild. And like, we, and Soy's like running towards him, which she never does because she's Aww. like, she's like protective and territorial and not 
that vibe. Like, sh- he's a dog whisperer. She loves him more than <laughs> she loves me now. I, I want to put on the record. Um, and so we go to the dog park. We talk for ages. We we grab, like, late-night sashimi at Takashi. Like, it's like a very, like, New York night. Like, we yeah. grab a late-night bite. We walk the Williamsburg Bridge. We, we talk all oh, through the wow. bridge. We kiss when we get to the end. Aww. We walk back. We're holding hands. Like, it's such a beautiful oh, night. This and, is so fucking cute. And I find out after that he had said to his mom, oh, like, this is, like, the one that day. And I said the same to my mom. And we only found this out recently when our moms FaceTimed. And my, so and our wild. moms were like, oh, like, she said from the day one that this is the one. And his his mom was also like me too vibe um but we like had never discussed this with each other and so and after that we basically were inseparable and I think people thought we were a little nuts because like we tattooed each other's names on one and another how how soon after like meeting each other did you get the tattoos because I remember it was like pretty early on six or seven weeks yeah yeah like we pierced our belly buttons together on the second or third day like we were just like kind of like crazy kids in love who knew from the beginning and he lived in New York still at the time I was in LA we were going back and forth we never really after we met spent much time I mean obviously we were working so we would go do our jobs but every free second we had we would make sure we were together yeah um until finally he moved to LA and we kept the New York apartment up to like very very recently because we want to we need a like a better setup for the baby that's now coming but we always knew we were gonna elope we we'd said that from the beginning we were like we love each other we just want to be married yeah we don't care about all the other stuff and so we did we like ended up eloping in vegas um august last year last year um, and honestly like i feel i don't know like i just feel like the way this part of your life has like unfolded is mm-hmm. like it just feels really like what's meant to be it just all like I don't know like it was just no anytime it, it, I would talk to you about more, it it was just like so like yeah like I'm getting married yeah, yeah like but, this like, is it yeah. yeah even like having a baby like people are like oh like that's so soon um but we never even if you know what you want, then like, yeah. why? What is the point of like waiting for what some arbitrary, arbitrary, arbitrary. like amount of time based on like what you know what I mean? Like, no, if for you sure. if you're both on the same page and you both know what you want, and I feel like it sounds like both of you like knew very early on, like I want this, this is what mm-hmm. I want, and then it like aligned, and I think it really did like happen like at the time that it was like meant to because yeah like you really were just like slimming we were slimming our best lives and we were both in the same headspace which was we were ready for all of this and I think that's a really big part of it too yeah but we um we eloped where we got pregnant and I just it but we never like had a talk about what Mm -hmm. we were doing or we never had the like what are we or like there was never a moment in my mind where I was like are we dating does he like me um 
is he the one? Like, there was just no question. It was the first time I had ever really been with someone where there were no no games, no questions, no – that it was just always certainty. Yeah. And it was – and that's how I, I – it's also so annoying when you're single and people say, I just knew. Because people would say that to me and I would be so frustrated or it's just not the thing you want to hear, <laughs> right? I and, don't know. For some reason, you, when I hear that, like – it makes yeah. me like just feel really like at ease. Like, oh. I'm like, no, yeah, like that's like you'll just know, and it'll yeah. just ha- like I don't know. There's something about that that I find to be like comforting. Okay, good because the other yeah. thing I also couldn't stand people would say is it happens when you least expect it because you're always expecting. In my mind, I'm like I'm always expecting to meet someone. So what do you mean when I least expect it? But it really did because it. I had moved from an area I had moved from a city in a like in a sub like in an area where I had like operated in the same vicinity of this person for almost 10 years same coffee shop same same dog park same event same industry yeah um never meeting this person until I left which is like it's just just, just crazy what the fuck yeah it's like it was just Kismet. It was meant to be was, like, uh, like that, that wasn't the right time. And then like mm-hmm. you took, you know, you you had your kind of opportunity to be like single and like work on yourself and like prioritize things in your life that you wanted to like invest more time and energy into. And I feel like all of those things needed to happen mm-hmm. prior to like this, I guess, like chapter of your life. For sure. Um- yeah. Likewise for him, like, I know he was in a similar headspace where, like, he embarked on a new, like, you know, he left a, like, a magazine he was at for nine years and he, you know, like, left an apartment he was at for many, many years and he had also similarly gone through, I mean, it had been a little bit of time, but a breakup. So it was, like, the, we both were kind of on the same, like, journey separately mm-hmm. and then we just aligned and... Yeah. So yeah. So I always say when people have, you know, these like timelines or plans and especially women, and I think because there's so much pressure just due to the fact that we're constantly thinking about our biological clocks and timing everything around. It's hard not to. Exactly. But I also think that we fear monger women into thinking that our time is so limited Mm -hmm. because my OBGYN OBGYN is always has said to me, you know, like the average age that I'm seeing for pregnancies or first time moms in LA and progressive cities is between 38 to 42. Like, I don't know why women think they need to have a baby at 25. Like, if you want, if you do and you want to, that's yeah, great. Yeah, like, go for but, it. But we should not be making women feel like anything outside of that is late or your time is, you know, there are so many other avenues now. Like you can freeze your eggs, you can adopt, you can foster, you can, there's so many other options. Yeah. And um, I think we're always like working around this like five-year plan, two-year plan, three-year plan, but actually the right, and I was guilty of this too, because when I was, you know, moving, I was looking at my life and my like plan and everything on the horizon, thinking like, okay, I'm in my mid-30s. I, w- I know I want to meet someone and get married and have kids, but I'm so far from it. And then, you know, that process will be like 
I would calculate in my head, like I would need to know them for a year and a half and then we would need to live together and then we would yeah. get married and then we would have kids. So that's another five years. But, but it's all actually, so situational. It, like it, it's exactly. All, every, every relationship or every like, I guess like life change or transition is like so unique to the individual and like where they are at in their life. And like, I think that's something that like, I probably learned at an earlier age just because I have so many older siblings who've all just done such different things at different points in their lives and like never really, you know, stuck to like what was considered to be like traditional. And I'm like really happy that I was exposed to that at like a young age because I feel like it really altered my perception of like, you know, those timelines and like what's right. Like my sister Reem was married for, I don't even know, maybe like eight or nine years before she even like considered having a baby. Mm -hmm. And like, it just was what was right for her. And she wanted to accomplish certain things before becoming a mother. And like, I see her now and she has two kids. She has a seven-year-old and a almost four-year-old. And I'm like, yeah, this was, this all happened at the right time for her. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and like, oh, go ahead. you're, I was just going to, I was thinking, cause I'm like, how far are you eight months or seven months pregnant? I right am eight months. So I'm 33, almost 34 weeks, which is kind of oh wild. God. Um, and like, uh, I know, <laughs> I know. How are you like feeling about like, like obviously like you're pregnant. So like, I I would imagine like you already feel that like maternal motherly, mm-hmm. like I'm I'm a parent type of thing, you know, like there's yeah. a child inside of you kicking you and moving around and mm-hmm. like, how do you feel about like, you know, being a parent? Like, is it scary? Well, I don't feel as though it's something you're ever prepared for because the one consistent thing that I've heard from new parents is you, f- you figure it out as you go mm-hmm. and you're not going to know everything, but you will figure it out because you have to. And that's the responsibility and the cross you bear in the best way possible, which is nice because it kind of takes the pressure off, you know, needing to know every single thing. And, and again, in parenting and babies, there is also a lot of fear mongering with like, this is the right way to do it. This is the, and people always kind of speak in absolutes yeah. or feel as though their opinion of the way they're doing it is the best way. And when it comes to something like your child who you love more than anything in the world, you know, you do, you do think, Oh God, I have to do it this way. Or I'm a bad mother. Or why didn't I think of it? Or why don't I know this? But I'm trying to give myself the patience and the grace to say you're not going to know everything like why would you You just embarked on this journey you'll figure it out as she comes and you know John and I are definitely both very sort of what's the opposite to type a type b type yeah (laughs) we're not we um, we luckily have um a type a godmother Lauren Crusoe who's Oh, she is type A. She's type A to the core. Yes, she is. She Um, might be more type A than I am. Like literally, like sometimes I'm around her, I'm like, oh wow, you are more psychotic than I am. And that's funny because she's also a um a Pisces, which is what our baby's due date is. Her due date is one day for my birthday, and I'm also a Pisces, but Lauren and I could not be more different. And I think it's her being a February Pisces and me being March. Well, I don't know. My dad is my dad is a March Pisces. 
And wh- who does he lean towards? Like, t- honestly, my dad is not Type A. He's very yeah. much like go with the flow, I'm which is strange. Because, like, I feel like anyone who knows anything, like, he doesn't appear that way. But he mm-hmm. very much is, and he also is like, ve- like I feel like in my house, like there was a real like I guess role reversal where like my mom was like the breadwinner for many years because my dad Mm -hmm. retired like pretty early on in my life and like he was the one like packing my lunches taking me to school brushing my hair like doing and he was so comfortable and like happy to do it Mm -hmm. and I'm like I don't know I guess now I'm like does Amrit remind me of my dad (laughs) now now that you think about it you're like wait a second but yeah we were we're She's so – we're so fortunate to – I always joke with John. I'm like, honestly, she would – the kid would have a better – I'm like, the kid would would have a, a way more planned out thought about life with Lauren. She's definitely, hands down, <laughs> no other um, contestants for godparent. Um, but, you know, we're both very lackadaisical and, like, live in the moment type yeah. of people. So we're only kind of just getting – around to the nursery and finishing it off right now and we're reading a few books together and we try to kind of make it interactive and 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 sort of something where we're both learning Mm -hmm. simultaneously like on this journey together versus like this is because I noticed even with a lot of the parenting books it always is centered or geared towards the mother the mom yeah 100%. Um, and even if you think about the way like feeding works you know like to exclusively breastfeed puts the full onus on the woman and mm-hmm. um, a lot of it is set up in that way it's like you know patriarchal society like woman does everything man is just there and we're not we're we're, our approach is more of co-parenting so yes we're reading books together like we'll read a chapter aloud each and like talk about what we think it means and um you know talk about what type of parent we want to be and what type of environment we want to have for our baby and the values and what's important to us and I think those are the most important things and of course Absolutely. I think there's other stuff like you know like decisions we need to make like do we want to sleep train well what age do we want to start do we want to do football like but I think that that all those things like you figure out as you go because you also need to consider the baby you know like a lot of people like especially now at this time you know women are like what's your birth plan like what's this what's that I'm like well I obviously have one but also the baby's going to decide the way yeah yeah, if she's breech you know I want to have natural delivery but if she's breech and that's the position she's in we're gonna have a c-section if yeah like you can't have a precipitous married no like yeah plan like um if I have like an early fast labor and I don't get there in time I might not be able to get an epidural but if you know I have the right amount of like time and I get there like I'm open to like I just think there's so much gray and to have a plan be so specific. It's good to have a plan, by the way. I'm not saying you of don't. Of course. Like, yeah, you should have a plan. But, yeah. like, also, like, if things aren't going the way you had planned, like, I feel like when you're so, like, this is the plan and you're super set on it, it can be very, like, upsetting and, like, frustrating mm-hmm. if things are going, you know, in a way that's, like, oh, this wasn't a part of my plan and, like, you don't. I don't know. I just feel like you should have a plan, but like also 
be a, like it's good to have like awareness of like yeah this is a baby I'm giving birth like you know you can't know exactly what's gonna no, happen there's that's like a whole other entity that's making its own decisions that you have to roll with yeah and it's also a good setup actually into being a parent because absolutely you just never know you don't know and you just do your best in the situation and that's kind of the precedent for the entire experience, right? And also, like, for context, we had um, two, like, first trimester miscarriages. So mm-hmm. we know that, like, you know, life has its own plan and yeah. you're on it and you just have to roll with the punches. And so having, you know, like, having this specific – having an overarching idea of what you're looking for is so important because you can't get what you want unless you know what that is. But I think being like in the minutiae, like granular of like super specific meaning to only be that way, you just can't like, it it just doesn't work in this scenario. Yeah. You're kind of setting yourself up for like disappointment Mm -hmm. or like, you know, or like frustration. And I think you're right in that, like having that mindset is like, basically like you're preparing for like parenthood because like I was thinking about this a lot time I visited my parents I'm like I wonder if they ever thought that me their child would be the way that I am like now they like you just you have no idea like what your child's like personality will be like what their interest like you there's no way to anticipate any of those things and you can mm-hmm. only just you know, like do whatever you can to create like a safe, comfortable, loving environment for them. Well, also to, like, the last of so many siblings. And so like, I'm like, not going to I think lie. by the time you came, they were probably like, we know by now yes. there's no plan. My parents left me with all of my siblings. My oldest sibling at the time, I think was 17 or 18. And they went to Hawaii. That was the last vacation my parents went on. I probably was two years old, but they literally left a two-year-old with a teenager, with a bunch of other children. And they were just like, bye, we're Get going that. to Hawaii. Like, That's see y'all later. But I'm like, I feel like a new parent would probably not do that. But my no. parents were like, the number six, like, she'll be fine. Like, she'll thug it out. It'll be fine. Yeah. But like, and and I was fine and you know I have no recollections apparently my sister did throw a house party that my other oh second God. sister oh tried God. to narc on her she tried to narc on her and um and I meanwhile two two year old you is just like there Apparently, we were like the three youngest were put in the bedroom and given pizza and Kit Kat. And I probably love that. And oh, yeah. You were having the time of your life. Yeah. I was like, I have pizza. I have, I'm in my room. I have my well, toys. What could I want? Yeah. No. And oh, I, so I think about it a lot because obviously, like, you know, I'm turning 34 and I'm like, okay, like, there is a part of me that's like, oh, it's like scary because I'm like, I do want to have kids. And like, again, those societal norms that are like shoved down our throat, like you should do this by this time or whatever. But I'm like, I feel like my mom had me at 40 and like, I personally feel like I got the best version of her because Mm. when you really think about it, again, if you're ready to have a kid or you're in a position where you want to have children, like in your early twenties or whatever it may be, like, that's amazing. But I also think there is something to be said about becoming a parent like in your 30s or even like your 40s and just like the life experience you have and like self-discipline and like just, you know, the ability to like, I think, be create a more stable environment 
because you're typically, you know, a bit more like in stable in your life at that point. So and like, you're in tune with what you want, and yeah. that's going to give your child the stability that is so much like knowing yourself. You know, have you always known that you wanted to have kids? I loved kids, and I've mm-hmm. always wanted kids in some way, but I didn't think I would get married. Really? And weirdly, neither did John. That's so We weren't like the traditional marrying. Neither of us were like – and which is why I think we eloped in Vegas really easily because we never had this connection or expectation of a day like that, whereas I think a lot of for a lot of people where um, the wedding part of it is something they've – an idea they've held on to for a really long time, that was new for me because I always knew I wanted to spend the rest of my life with someone, but I didn't know if I would meet someone in which monogamy was something I could commit to forever. And, you know, like, like life, there are so many changes that you like, I, yeah. I just didn't know yeah. and, until I met him. And, and so because of that, my, I knew I always wanted kids, but I was also always like, do I want to have kids? Like, what type of partnership do I want to have kids in? And it, it's it's it wasn't until I really met him that I knew what I wanted. I downloaded Raya, which is also so funny because the last episode we did, we were talking a lot about online dating. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it was like the bulk of that episode was like online dating. And I downloaded Raya because of you. I will uh- say I have <laughs> since deleted it. But I also feel like it's so funny because I was on TikTok this morning in my bed and it's all just like Andre, Eric Andre and Emrata. That's like my oh, yeah. whole for you page right now. And mm-hmm. I matched with him. And like we so had a few conversations. So did I. Oh my and God. we had like a few conversations. You did? And, and then I kind of did the asshole thing where like I just like didn't open the app for like a month. Mm-hmm. And then like it was just awkward at that point to be like, oh, hey, sorry. It took me a month to respond. And I was like, Damn, why is he looks he seems a little hotter now that he's dating That's her? So funny. It the, the funniest part too is the, they're at Palm Heights in Cayman. Oh my god. That's where the because like like those yellow striped um towels and the page six article said something like because I was looking at it because I was like, oh, I think they're at Cayman. And the and I, I took a screenshot and sent it to one of the guys from the hotel and the the it was like this quote saying like um, it's a hip new hotel that's not on people's radar, so you can come and hide out down there. And I like sent the screenshot to him, and I was like, "It's over, <laughs> it's a wrap." But um, I mean, good for her for dating and having fun. Like, it must be tricky to be in that situation. I know she mm-hmm. did a podcast episode about it, where you know you go on one date with someone and everybody sees and. And so it's awkward because the people you're dating also see that, right? Like the other guys she's dating are seeing that. Mm-hmm. The whole world is seeing that. Like it kind of takes the ca- – I mean, I don't think you can casually date celebrity. No. An I, interesting – And it's like just touching slightly on her having a podcast. I love 
her. Like, I think she's like, I love her. I think she's a great person. I loved her Mm -hmm. book. I will say absolutely fucking hate her podcast. I don't know. I can't like, there's things that I can think of that I don't like. And I try to listen to it because I like her. Mm -hmm. I don't like her podcast. And it's upsetting to me because I'm like, I was really excited about it. And then like, Mm -hmm. I, I try to listen to episodes. I've listened to like her episodes with guests and with solos. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know if she's just like, cause I also imagine like being that famous puts a certain type of pressure on you. Oh wait, is it? That's, I don't know, that's, oh, that's weird. Um, but I feel like, yeah, it like puts pressure on you in a way that like, maybe, I don't know. I feel like she's not allowing herself. It feels a little scripted. Right. And I know I, that it's I not. I haven't given it in, enough. Um, like I haven't. I listened to a couple, and it wasn't something I continued doing. Yeah. Because it just didn't captivate me in the same way her books and her like other online presence yeah. has. And from like experience of meeting her in certain situations, she's really lovely. Mm-hmm. She actually gave me really great parenting advice. She Aww. surprisingly, she was telling me that she. She was like, you just figure it out. She goes, I still live in a third floor walk up. And, you know, I thought that was a very cool considering who she is. You know, she yeah. was like, I walk, I do the stairs with my kid and my stroller and all that type of stuff, um, which I thought was rad. But the podcast, I think for me is, and I'm going to use this like as a blanket statement, is I find straight, white, like point of view just kind of unrelatable in general, mm-hmm. right? Maybe so that's are, what it is. So there's like a lot of podcasts I like and listen to, unless it's a specific on like, for example, with the Crime Junkies with Ashley Flowers, she's telling a story and it's more about the investigation. So that to me, like her p- perspective doesn't really like weigh into the picture. Whereas like when I listen to podcasts where um, it's like two straight white dudes, like while I could enjoy the banter, I'm like – this is just so unrelatable for me. You know, like your experience, everything you're speaking about, your perspective, the privilege that you don't really acknowledge. Like, it's just, I can't connect to it in the same way. And I wonder if that's maybe a part, I don't know. Well, now that I'm thinking, because we were talking about this before we started recording, you were like, oh, what podcasts do you listen to? Yeah. I'm like, as you're saying this, I'm like, this makes sense. But mm-hmm. when I'm really thinking about it, I'm like, I guess I do listen to mainly podcasts hosted by straight white people. And, uh, you know, I do have to say, I, lo- I love Smartless, which is, I mean, Oh, I've never listened to it. Never listen to it. Are you joke? It's the best podcast. Oh no! Wait, 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 Jason wait! Is that, is that the one where they like did like an episode where they were talking about the like French we'll women being skinny, like that like idea that like why are French people so thin? Do they like do like little investigations? No, no, no. So it's Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, Will on it. Um, so it's not completely straight because obviously, yeah, um, one of them is gay, but. They, I mean, between the three of them, they have such celebrity star power that they can get anyone. Like Biden was a guest, Steven Spielberg was a guest. Uh, oh wow! Charlize Theron was a guest. Like it's really <gasps> interesting conversations. And the concept is that one of them will bring a guest on, and the other two won't know who it is. Oh, and it's just really, it's one of my favorite 
it's probably the most consistent podcast I listen to. Like the episode comes out and I listen that day, you know, as opposed to like archiving, listening to it a week later. Mm-hmm. But Smartless, I make an exception for them. <laughs> Honestly, the podcast that I listen to consistently is the first podcast I ever listened to when I was like 25 years old mm-hmm. and I was driving and it was raining and like I was like really freaked out because I couldn't see the road and I was like listening to music and it was like, not like helping because I was like I need to be distracted like something needs to like take my mind off the fact that I literally could not see the road like it was the middle of the night it was raining super hard and I was like I can't fucking see this is really scary and I was on the highway and I just went to iTunes and I was like okay top five like comedy mm-hmm. podcasts and it's called guys we fucked and I've literally oh you were it telling me about every, the last time we recorded yeah I've listened to it every single week for, for I guess the last like I don't know like eight years, which is crazy. And I've had one of the hosts on my show and I've been on their show since then, which is also wild, but it's two straight women, but they're female comedians. So I don't know. They're very fucking funny. And like, I feel like they talk about like, obviously they talk about sex and relationships a lot, but I feel like even if I don't agree with them, they have interesting like perspectives Mm -hmm. and I feel like it creates like good conversation. Like there's been so many times and I feel like that to me is like what makes a good podcast is like when I listen to it and then I want to then take that conversation and continue it with like my friends. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I like listen to this podcast and they mentioned this and like, you know, I feel like it's cool when like the conversation goes from the show to like just life and then it's funny because I think I had told you this, but I used to hate listen to this podcast that I think I now just love. It's called How Long Gone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With two straight white men. Mm-hmm. And I literally started – I do to- love Chris and Jason though. I love them. They- and like, okay, so Chris is someone who, because he was like in menswear for so long, like I used to like follow Chris him on is a Twitter. really good friend of mine and also one of the cock blockers in mine and John's relationship <gasps> because he was like to John, you're not hit high. Is that so funny? Oh my God. Wow. I can't believe he tried to say no, a way of he, love. He, Chris was right. To be fair, John wasn't my type. Chris just knew me really well. Yeah. Um, I, I had never dated really a white dude before. And um. Chris is like, I wasn't wrong. I'm like, no, you weren't wrong. I mean, they're, they're very that you know what it is with them. It's they've been friends for so long, mm-hmm. and it's Jason's third podcast. So, oh yeah. So I mean, third time's a charm. Like he's pro. He knows what he's doing. He's been doing it for a long time. And Chris I didn't is know just he had one of podcasts. the funniest people in the world. I ha- I never listened to them, um, but I do know that he like had a bunch of other projects. So I have listened to this one though. And it is I, funny. It's really fucking funny. Like they I have just great guests. They do have really great guests, but I I think the reason I initially wasn't a fan is I think the first listen, episode I listened to was because there was a guest on the show that like I liked, and I felt mm-hmm. like they were being mean to that person in Who a way that? that wasn't that wasn't funny. Like that's the thing. I love to bully people. It's one of my fucking mm-hmm. favorite hobbies, but. It didn't feel funny, but I think that that was just like a one episode weird vibe type thing because Mm -hmm. since then, like, I'm just like these – they're undeniably hilarious. And I feel like for me, like, when someone likes music in the same way that I do, immediately I'm like, I want to hear what you have to say. And I feel like they both really love music and, Mm -hmm. like, you love music. music Yeah. And um, a tour manager and – very into punk, very similar music taste to you. 
No, and I I remember like when I first met you, one of the things that I was like, ooh, it's like, oh, Amrit knows a lot about music. Mm -hmm. And like, I just immediately have respect for a person, which maybe isn't a great way to gauge respect. No, I think you can tell everything about when you made an emo playlist that I still listen to. And it was the same era. And I think we had the same era in our lives Mm -hmm. at the same time not knowing yeah because we're like, like similar we- ages so like mm-hmm. yeah we were like around the same age like and oh it just makes me and so that's happy. how we I knew we would really just connect uh, I was dying my grays this morning which by the way I know is a polarizing thing to share when you're pregnant but I have really cut back on on doing my hair I I, I, I think I've had it done once this entire pregnancy and it gotten to the point where you know, intentional gray hair, I think, is so chic and nice if it's groomed and styled. Like, whether it's, like, the stripe this way or, like, fully gray, but, like, straggly gray is not chic. Let and me tell you, do you see my grays? We're we're on – we're video chat. Like, do you see all of I my – I can't even know because you know how Zencast is kind of blurry sometimes? I know, but, like, I have the straggly grays. I had like- really bad straggly gray, so I, I put, like, a henna through my hair this morning, and I was leaning back on my white couch, and please look at <gasps> – Oh my! I think I'm gonna God. have to just spray it with fabric um, spray, and it's removable, so just you can. The wash. Yeah, you can get that shit out. But of course, John's gonna be like, "What the hell?" You're like, um, sir, I'm pregnant. I'm carrying your child. No, I had like I had to call like an emergency hair dye like moment for myself this morning because I looked at myself and I was like, I can't continue to just be in public like this. Like, <laughs> the, it it wasn't like regrowth anymore. It was like, it was like a it was so long that you would look and be like, is that intentional? It was to about here. You guys can't see this. It was like to like where my like eyebrow like mm-hmm. edge was. Like it was long and there was a lot of gray, you know. I couldn't. I, ha- I had to bite the bullet. So I just like quickly did it. Um, and now I'm literally just getting dye on every white. Like John loves white furniture and I've never have, I've been a white furniture person. Yeah. It's – so crazy to me because we have a dog too and we're having a baby and everything in here is white and this is exactly very why. bold extremely bold extremely bold but I will say like it's growing on me like it does go with everything I love that it's so minimal that you can then like do other fun yeah pieces to go along it's with like a it good but canvas. this is the kind of one of the reasons why I don't do white furniture because I'm a really messy person nor like I'm one of those people where, like, if I'm eating ice cream, like, it's I'm spilling it everywhere. And, like, you know, people are always like, oh, like, get ready for, like, a, a lifetime of mess and a lifetime of diapers. I'm like, I'm the messiest person You're like, in the I'm world. fucking ready. I'm prepared. I'm so ready. I spill everything I'm eating. I make a mess everywhere I go. Mess follows me around. So I'm okay with the mess. I, I can embrace chaotic mess. Yeah. Like, that is who I am as a person. And I think I you have to like like you're lucky that you're already comfortable with it because I think mm-hmm. as a parent, like you have to be because listen, I'm not a parent. I'm a fucking aunt. I've been an aunt since I was five. I'm gonna tell you, little kids are disgusting. And that's the thing. I'm like, my nephews will come up to me and they'll want to touch me. And I'm like, I just know your hands are unclean. What like yeah, are you like a I chimney sweep? Like, why is there soot on you? Like, that's what are so you funny. doing? Like at any given moment, I'm like, I'll be on FaceTime with my sister and like her son will like come into the frame. Like, what the fuck is on his face? She's like, I don't know. Like, I literally, she's like, I don't know. I'm like, is that a crayon? Like, what is that? She's like, couldn't tell you. 
That's, they're just, they're in everything. They're touching everything and then they're touching me. their face. Well, you know what we have? A, and it's funny too, but we do have a while before we get to that phase. That's, that's what, true. That's what we've been saying to each other because we did also get another couch downstairs that was white. And I was like, well, you know, I don't know. This is really a good idea. And he was like, well, in the first, we got another 18 months. Anyway, I'm like, true. Uh, no, honestly, like you have some time before the the little one starts, you know, just touching everything. And yeah. also just get a really good like stain remover. Get a yeah, re- What are those like really- fucking couch cleaner things? Like they're like the little, I'm doing like a gesture. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Like you like go like oh, the this. Oh, the hand it, steamer? Yeah. Like my yeah. sister has that and like she got all types everything of things out, out of okay. her couch. Yeah. Great. No, no, no. I, and yes. And then I think she would get her couch like professionally cleaned like once a year. I'm about type to get it steam yeah. cleaned, like everything. I found a really good spot. This is <laughs> sorry guys. This is such a boring suburban no. conversation. Listen, but I'm really important. into a good steam clean. Um, especially when you live in New York, because it's like you're sitting on the subway and then you're sitting on your couch, you know. Oh no, no. I take if I'm on the train, immediately the first thing I'm doing is removing my clothing, putting it in the laundry hamper. Like immediately, really? like yeah. I will not sit on anything. But what do you okay so like how do you entertain people then because it's like you can't have that expectation when people I have a leather couch okay and so you do have a leather couch yeah yeah, so I'll disinfect it like I'll spray I'll disinfect it and like wipe it down like I do that honestly like every morning because I have cats and like there's just no way to like for me to like comfortably know know that there aren't like this is so gross, but like some type of like fecal particles. Or, yeah, I don't fucking yeah, yeah. know. Like I'm yeah. like I don't trust you guys. You're nasty. So I will like wipe it down every day, and then like I vacuum my couch. I mean my my rug. I should probably get it professionally cleaned though. But um, I feel like we could talk about cleaning forever. But uh, <laughs> I know you have to go. Um, when- By the way, guys, like any any parenting tips, slide in my DM DMs, and um, feel free to. Also, check out my podcast, Unhinged. We have new episodes every Tuesday. We have a very special guest next week, the one and only. Wonder who could it be? Who could it be? Who could it be? And yeah. Yeah, so where could people – I was going to tell you to plug all your things, but you're a fucking pro, so you (laughs) did that shit for me, and I love that. Um, I'm going to have Amaret's podcast. If you want more of this, if you want more – if you want to hear Nora and I talk about Trader Joe's for 50 minutes, if you want more spicy updates on steam cleaning couches, follow <laughs> me on everything. <laughs> she will make you laugh and also yeah. give you conducive tips for your life. Oh I, now I'm just going to start saying fucking conducive all goddamn day. I'm going to try and use like, arbitrary a bunch today. We'll report you will back. Have- no problem. We'll, we'll, neither of us will have any problem using either of these words. Um, thank you so much for coming on again. We My need to pleasure. do another episode like when the baby's here and like we'll do, sure. we'll do another update then. I love that. All right. Loving and leaving you guys. As always, guys, don't forget to floss your teeth, wear your sunscreen, don't be a fucking asshole, and I will talk to you at some point in time. Bye.